Welcome to Talking Facts, what you need to know about family, food, finance, and fitness. This nationally recognized, award-winning podcast is hosted by the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program. Our educators share research knowledge with individuals, families, and communities to improve quality of life. Hello, and welcome to Talking Facts. I'm your host, Mindy McCulley, Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Specialist for Instructional Support at the University of Kentucky. My guest today is Dr. Natalie Jones, Extension Specialist for Family Health. Welcome, Natalie. Thanks for having me. So our topic today is how to talk to your loved ones about the COVID-19 vaccines, especially if they are hesitant. I think this is such an important topic because I know we still have hesitancy and skepticism from people in the community about getting the vaccine. And we're never going to reach herd immunity if we still have people who are afraid to take the vaccine. So how do we address this? Exactly. So spot on. Vaccine hesitancy, though, is not a new issue. There's a lot of different types of people who have been hesitant to get vaccines, and that's a wide spectrum. So we're not even talking about anti-vax because that's another cohort of people. Different issue, right? (laughs) Exactly. But we're talking about people who are hesitant for different reasons, many legitimate issues, right? They may be overwhelmed by the amount of information that's out or legitimate historical or even current trauma, trust issues within the medical community. So really trying to get people to go from fear to confidence in the vaccine, and then from confidence to actually getting the vaccine, right? So just want to clarify, we have vaccines. Vaccines don't save lives, though. The vaccinations save lives. So we have to get people to get the vaccines to turn that vaccine into a vaccination. And that's how we're going to reduce the spread and increase um, the likelihood of reaching that herd immunity goal. Exactly. Those vaccines sitting in vials do no one any good, right? Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) So how do we convince friends and family to get the vaccine if they are resistant? Yeah. So First things first, right? Not only are these vaccines safe and effective because we have tons and tons of data out there from clinical trials, and then now hundreds of millions of doses have actually been safely administered throughout the country and the world. So there is a way out of this COVID-19 bubble that we've all been in is through vaccination. So it's safe, they're effective, and we can't reach herd immunity without these vaccinations. So we all need to do our part and to help each other have these conversations. And what's often missed out is that a lot of this is about community, right? So these vaccination sites are intended to help our communities come back. And they are intended to help us go back to the things that we haven't been able to do for 12 to 15 months now, long time. And each vaccination and each person getting a vaccination is a step closer to being able to go back to that new normal. So each person who's going and making that appointment and turning a vaccine into a vaccination is getting us closer to the end of this pandemic. So it truly is about the community and about all of us doing our part to keep each other safe and to return to normal. There's historical data even that shows how beneficial the herd immunity is, right? 
Exactly. Exactly. So let's get into specific concerns um, that people have who are afraid or scared about getting the vaccine. So I'm just going to play the devil's advocate and I'm going to throw out a bunch of concerns that people might say. So the first one is this vaccine was just created too quickly. So there's no way it can be trustworthy. Yep. So that's something that we definitely hear a lot. And it's true, right, that the COVID-19 vaccines currently authorized were done quickly than other vaccines that we're familiar with. But again, extensive clinical trials have proven their effectiveness and that they didn't skip any of the steps in being authorized for use. So I want to keep that in mind. They did not skip any steps. All steps were completed for it to be utilized. I also want to note out that scientists have been studying the mRNA and trying to create this vaccine, a vaccine utilizing mRNA for over 30 years, right? So research and technology has been going on to create an mRNA vaccine. And this is the best case scenario, right, where a group project actually went well, right, where we had systems in place to use during a crisis and it worked. So this didn't just pop out of nowhere. Scientists have been studying mRNA for over 30 years now. They've utilized the research and technology to, in a crisis, get the vaccine out as soon as possible. I like that answer. Okay, so I'm worried about getting a vaccination because I think the vaccine could actually give me COVID-19. All right. So if someone says that to you and that they're vaccine hesitant, this is your response. You can say the vaccine cannot give you COVID-19 because it does not contain the virus. Okay. So going back to what we just talked about, the vaccines actually contain mRNA. So that stands for the messenger ribonucleic acid, which tells your cells how to create the protein spike that the virus uses to infect other cells. So The live virus actually never enters your body through the vaccination process. It's just your cells learning how to make a part of the virus, but the coronavirus can't replicate that way. So you cannot get COVID-19 from the vaccine. The vaccines do not carry the live virus. It's just showing your antibodies what it looks like. So that way they can fight it off. Okay, so you just told me that the vaccine has mRNA in it. And so I think that this vaccine is going to alter my DNA. Right. So this is another popular myth out there that people are saying that the vaccine can alter your DNA. If someone says that to you, this is your response. The COVID-19 vaccine does not alter or interact with your DNA. So the answer is no. The mRNA, right, never enters your cell's nucleus, which houses our DNA, and it does work in the cytoplasm within that cell. So it is not in your DNA. The mRNA doesn't stick around in your body. It dissolves once that message is sent to the cells and it it exits your body. So the mRNA does not stay in your body and it does not enter into the nucleus that houses your DNA. Okay, this is a big one. I'm going to suggest that my son not get my my granddaughter vaccinated because I'm afraid that it's going to cause her to have autism. And maybe he and my daughter-in-law shouldn't get vaccinated either because their future children might have a birth defect. Okay, this is again another myth. And this is not true. 
So several studies have repeatedly shown that vaccines do not cause autism or developmental issues in young children. So this belief was based on a a bunked study. So it has been debunked. It was false. It was from the 90s. And that has since been retracted. So again, not true. Vaccines do not cause autism or any type of birth defect. Again, as we talked about earlier, the COVID-19 doesn't interact with DNA, right? So you don't have to worry about that. And then I do want to note also, just while we're kind of on this topic, is if people are worried about getting vaccinated while pregnant, this hopefully can stop those fears because the American College of OBGYNs basically recommended that the COVID-19 vaccine should be taken by people who are pregnant or even if you're breastfeeding. And COVID-19, right, is considered really dangerous for pregnant people. So if you catch COVID-19 while you're pregnant, it can do harm to not only the mother, but the child as well. So because of that, the benefits of getting the vaccine far outweigh the theoretical risk of vaccination, and it far outweighs the greater risk of a COVID-19 infection for the mom and the infant. So really making sure that if you have kids, right, we're now open to 12 and above. If you have kids to get them vaccinated, if you're pregnant or breastfeeding to get vaccinated as well. All right. All right. You've convinced me now. So I'm ready to go get my shot. How do I know which is the right vaccine? Yes. So my big thing right now is the best vaccine for you is the one that is available to you. So all of the vaccines that we have out, Moderna, Pfizer, and Johnson and Johnson, all three of these vaccines have been proven to do the main thing, which is keep you from getting severely sick and prevent you from dying. And all of these vaccines do exactly that. So whichever vaccine is available for you immediately, sign up for it. I would do that. Go get the vaccine. And we can confidently say you're not just getting vaccinated for yourself, but you're getting vaccinated for others and for your community too. So any vaccine that's available, that's the best vaccine for you. So you can go and and see what percentage of your county population has already gotten vaccinated. And and so you can figure out where you are on the map. And so you can help raise those numbers. If you want to make it a competition, then by all means, make it a competition, right? Yes. Let's all get vaccinated. Raise those numbers. So if I have more questions, who should I ask? Where can I get more information? Yep. So if you are concerned or have a little bit more specific questions um, regarding the vaccines, ask your primary care provider, ask your doctor. Again, just to reiterate, some of the frequently asked questions would be that most people with severe allergies can still get the COVID-19 vaccine. But if you've had a negative response to a vaccine before, just talk to your doctor. If you're immune compromised, talk to your doctor just so that they can manage your expectations about what to expect prior or after getting the vaccine. But as far as the data goes, the vaccine is safe for everyone to take. And right now, the only limitation we have is is, um, young kids, right? But those trials are happening right now. And so in Kentucky right now, currently kids 12 and up can get vaccinated, but hopefully kids under 12 can get vaccinated soon. And then we can see see if that is safe and effective and get that out to our younger kiddos. So right now, anyone 12 and above 
can go out and get vaccinated and people should feel pride, right, for getting that vaccine and feel proud um, of all the work that the scientists and public health professionals have done to get this vaccine out. So don't be afraid to talk about it, um, to show others that you've taken the vaccine. I love seeing all of the things on social media, people saying that they got their shot of hope. So spread the word and be open to having these these conversations with friends and family. And also, I just happened to have a doctor's appointment last week and my doctor wanted to make a copy of my vaccination card while I was there so that they knew that, you know, they had that in my record. So, you know, take it with you when you go for a regular appointment so that you'll have that to show um, as well. That's perfect. Mm -hmm. So what does life look like after we're all vaccinated, Natalie? Right. So we're kind of starting to see that little bit of hope right at the end of the pandemic, as we're seeing more people getting vaccinated, um, we're seeing some of the mask mandates be lifted um, if you are vaccinated. So vaccination rates are up and transmission is going down. And again, this includes getting everyone to access the vaccine, right? And to utilize it. And so I think that's great that you mentioned looking at your community because you can see like, are most people in your community able to get vaccinated, right? Making sure um, that people know about appointments and how to get vaccinated and seeing the different facilities to go to and remembering two important things, actually three important things. You don't need to be a citizen to get vaccinated. So they won't check your citizenship. So anyone can get vaccinated. It's free to get vaccinated, so you don't have to pay for it, as well as you don't need to have health insurance. So keeping that in mind. Also, one of the big things to remember life after vaccination is that you, that fully vaccinated, right? So if you get Johnson & Johnson, that's one dose, Pfizer and Moderna, that's two doses. But knowing that once you are fully vaccinated, it means two weeks after your last shot or that Johnson & Johnson. That's when you have full benefits of being vaccinated. So just keeping that in mind. But again, positive. We're on the up and up. Less than 40%. We have 40% of the population who are fully vaccinated right now. And again, we're starting to see mask mandates being released, but also just keeping in mind that we do have a large population, right, that is unable to get the vaccine, 12 and under, as well as medically fragile people who are immune compromised who cannot get vaccinated. So we really need to be mindful of them as well, which means wearing our masks when we need to, still washing our hands and just keeping that in mind and making sure that we kind of make judgment calls on what we're doing based on our community and based on the people who have been vaccinated and who haven't. So just keeping, keeping all of those in mind. As an aside, um, I got my hair cut last week and my hairdresser said, you know, even after the mask mandates are lifted, I think I'm going to keep wearing my mask because I've not gotten the flu or even a cold this this winter. And I think that that's um, because I've been wearing a mask. And she said, so I think I'm going to keep wearing mine. And so I think we need to be mindful that if people choose to keep wearing a mask, that's their choice. And we should let them do that and not you know, make any comments and yeah. let them do what's best for them. Exactly. So I would say I've been fully vaccinated and I've gone into certain settings where they've said, you don't need to wear a mask if you've been vaccinated. And I just feel more comfortable wearing a mask when I'm around people. And so again, that's up to individuals and up to families to make that decision. But yeah, there's no harm in wearing a mask and it's not going to hurt you. If anything, it'll help you. So whatever you're comfortable with, you do that. If you're vaccinated, you have that choice still saying if you have not been vaccinated that you should still wear a mask. 
Um, So keeping that in mind as well, but knowing that the vaccine is out there, it's free. Anyone can get it who's 12 and above and making sure that we're going to get vaccinated. I think it's all all great. And I'm like liking the light at the end of the tunnel, aren't you? Yes, yes. Get that shot of hope and it will help us get closer. Thanks, Natalie, for your time today. I think this has been an important discussion and I hope that everyone will take all that you have shared with us to heart. Thank you for having me. And to our listeners, I hope that if this is your first time joining us, you know that you are listening to Talking Facts and you can find us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Thank you for listening to Talking Facts. We deliver programs focusing on nutrition, health, resource management, family development, and civic engagement. If you enjoyed today's podcast, have a question or a show topic idea, leave a like and a comment on Facebook at UKFCSEXT or send us an email at UKFCSEXT at UKY.edu. Visit us online at fcs.uky.edu to learn more about the University of Kentucky Family and Consumer Sciences Extension Program or contact your local extension agent for family and consumer sciences. We build strong families. We build Kentucky. It starts with us.